Continuing on the chronological life of Jesus, we are in Matthew chapter 10. And so remember, we're using Luke for our background for the, the, the outline, and then we use the other Gospels to fill in the details that Luke may just speak of passingly. So this is in Matthew chapter 10, we're at verse 40. Matthew 10, verse 40. <clears throat> he who receives you receives me, and he who receives me him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. So this is, remember, this is the last words that he's saying to his Twelve disciples before he sends them out. So they were used to watching him do ministry. Now he's sending them out. This is the last words of preparation before they go. He said, He who receives you receives me. Who receives me receives him who sent me. He says, If they receive you, they're receiving me. When they receive me, they're receiving my Father. It is because of this work Word that I am particularly sensitive to those who go out and share the gospel. I remember I was standing on Harvard Square. I'd done a sabbatical at Harvard in 1994. And I was standing on Harvard Square, and there was a man there preaching the gospel, which was really nice to see. And he was getting a lot of flack, particularly from one chemistry professor who was sitting there and taunting him. And uh, uh, what I did was I walked up to this man who was preaching and I said, thank you for what you're sharing. This really helps me to see you sharing this. Thank you. And I encouraged him in his work. I wanted to identify with him. I wanted to go up and walk up and thank him for the words that he shared. Jesus said, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. In receiving him, I was receiving, I was receiving Jesus. In receiving him, I was receiving Jesus' Father. I want to be particularly sensitive to those who preach the gospel. I've done this on other occasions where there have been street preachers. I will always go up and thank them for their service rather than to avoid them and think, I don't want any association with them. I'm proud of them. I should be that bold. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. If there is a prophet, if we receive them as being a prophet, we will receive a prophet's reward. So in other words, if one receives an award, a reward for being a prophet, we can share in that reward by receiving them. I mean, this is really easy to get blessings in your life. He says, he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. If we receive a person because they're a righteous man, we shall share in their reward. When, when pastors come to town and they need a place to stay, Shri and I will always open up that little room above our apartment. That's our little Elijah room. People have said, we'd like to rent your apartment. We don't rent it out. It is not for that. It is for service to Christ. 
it is for that. Some students have said, you know, we really need a place to stay. Can we stay there? We'd like to live there and uh, uh, we don't have much money. I say, no, I'm sorry, you can't. That is not for that. That is a specific room for people who are out serving the Lord. I understand that you may need help sometimes getting through. There are mechanisms for that. You let me know. I can help share that with the church. You become a part of the body of Christ. You will never lack a place to stay. I can guarantee you that. But that room is specifically for righteous men, for righteous women, those who are serving in the body of Christ. Occasionally we'll have people come through and stay there but uh, uh, that, that aren't particularly on Christian missions. But in general, it is set aside for that. Because we really take this seriously, that if we receive a righteous man, because he is a righteous man, we will share in their reward. Isn't it interesting to take the Word of God seriously? This is what it says. We will have a pastor stay in that room who needs to be in Houston for a while, or missionaries stay in that room who need to be in Houston for a while, because we then share in their reward. If they get a reward for being a missionary, God gives us a portion of that reward for welcoming them into our home. This is a way that you can receive blessing into your home. Your family in life will be blessed if you do these acts. When preachers come through preaching, Shireen will always invite them to our home to have a meal. Now, they can't always make it, but she will invite them because if they come into our home and we are receiving them as evangelists, as preachers, we receive a portion of their blessing. I want them in my home because I want blessing to come on my home. And I'll tell you, I, I meet a lot of people in life, a lot of people. I don't know another man more blessed than I am. Really, I don't. I don't know another man more blessed than I am. When I look at what God has given me and what I have received in life, I can't be jealous of anyone else. I don't want what they have. What God has given me supersedes what I know He's given anybody else. This is how much He's blessed me. I can sincerely say that. You receive a righteous man in your home because he is a righteous man. You will share in their reward. It says in verse 42, And whoever in, my, in the name of a disciple gives to one of these little ones even a cup of cold water to drink, truly I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. If in the name of a disciple you give to them a cup of cold water, you won't lose your reward. When people come into our home on Sunday, these are disciples of Christ. We don't lose our reward. If you get a reward for giving a cup of cool water, how much more for giving them lunch? How much more are we going to be blessed? Blessing comes into our home through this. There is blessing in hospitality. There is blessing in hospitality. There are things that you will call blessings down upon your life. You will call them down from heaven. That disciple who's going to get a blessing from God for being a disciple, you will share in their blessing if you bring them into your home. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, He who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. 
You want to come to God? You must believe that He is, but you also must believe that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And you will see this very verse. That God rewards those who seek Him. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 6. Without it, faith, it is impossible to please Him. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Whoever comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who seek Him. You seek God, He will reward you. You believe the Scriptures, there is a reward. There is a reward in believing the Scriptures. If you show hospitality, you will call down blessing on your life. A show of hospitality, you will call, call down blessing. Look in the same book, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. <clears throat> Reading from verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. We are commanded, remember the epistles are the area in which we are commanded. In the Gospels there are things that Jesus called the disciples to that were for that generation, that particular time, many things we can learn from that. Qualities we can learn. Teachings we can learn. The specificity in instruction has come to us in these epistles. And it says, do not neglect to show hospitality. And this is something that can be done just where you are. You say, well, I live in a college room. What can I do? When I lived in a graduate student dormitory, uh, so, so uh, my first year of graduate school, before I got married, I lived for one year in the graduate student dormitory. I used to serve chocolate in my room, just boxes of chocolate and hot chocolate in the wintertime. And I would invite the guys from the floor. So on this floor was just a bunch of guy graduate students. And I'd invite them to sit in my room and we'd have chocolate together. And, uh, you know, this is all I could do. And, and, and I did it. And they were blessed by it and I was blessed by it. And I had lots of people come into my room. There are acts of hospitality which you can do. We are all told to show acts of hospitality. In fact, to be in ministry, to be an overseer of a church, or to be an elder of a church, there is a further command that we must be not only show hospitality, but to be and serve in that position of an overseer, of a full-time Christian worker, <clears throat> or of an elder in a church. We must be hospitable, meaning that we must have already shown hospitality. You want to go into Christian service? You have to show hospitality. This is one of the requirements. <clears throat> this is in, in, uh, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 3.2 for a pastor and in Titus 1.8 for an elder <clears throat> that we have to show hospitality. Uh, a glass of water would be fine. Thank you. <clears throat> so in Romans 12.13, it tells us again to practice hospitality. Practicing hospitality is what, is what we've been told to do. This is something that we are instructed to do, this practice of hospitality. I want to give you an example from the scriptures about practicing hospitality and the outcome of that. If you would turn to, to uh, Genesis chapter 18, you're going to see a really hospitable man and the results of his practicing hospitality in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18. This is Abraham. 
Now remember, Abraham is an important guy. Abraham is a very powerful man. He's not, you know, just a little old man. He's a very powerful man. He had so many people working for him, probably a hundred people working for him. He had flocks and herds, and when, when people were attacking his, uh, his nephew and things, I mean, he could, he could pull his servants together and go and overcome kings. I mean, this guy was a powerful guy, but he was still a nomad. He still didn't have a specific place to live. He lived in tents. And in Genesis chapter 18, let's read about Abraham. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he lifted up his eyes and he looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when they, he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and he bowed down, he bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried to the tent to Sarah and said, quickly prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it and make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servants, and he hurried to prepare it. And he took curds and milk and a calf which he had prepared and placed it before them. And he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Okay, so it says in verse 18, chapter 18, verse 1, the Lord appeared to him. Who appeared to him? The Lord appeared to him. The Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre. So the Lord appeared to him. Three men actually appeared to him, but it says the Lord appeared to him. So the common Christian belief is that one of these men was, the, the, was Jesus Christ himself standing and the other two angels. Because we know that the other two men are eventually going to go into Lot and these are these angels that call down judgment, uh, go into uh, to, to, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah that cause down judgment. Call down judgment. But, uh, um, and some people believe uh, uh, that these were just three angels. The scriptures talk about often the angel of the Lord. In the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord was always a physical manifestation of God. And we see, now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. So get this picture. Moses, the old man, he's about a hundred years old. And he's sitting by the tent door in the heat of the day. So he's covered with an oak tree. They set up their tent under this oak, the oak of Mamre. So there's this big oak tree, and they built their tent under there to keep it a little cooler, and he's sitting out front of this tent, probably a little drowsy in the heat of the day, and he looks up, and there's three men standing there. So he never saw them walking up. He just looked up, and just standing there were three men. When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and he bowed himself to the earth. Remember, this is no unimportant man. This is Abraham. And he goes and he meets these three men. He has no idea who they are. But look at his greeting of them. And he bows himself to the ground. And he says, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. 
Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and I'll bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. Now whether Abraham recognized something in them, they're identified in one place as the Lord visiting him. In another place they're identified as three men. So they have the embodiment of three men. Abraham runs to them and greets them and says, please come into my home. He urges them to come in. It's, like, it's not like, if you want something, let me know. No, it's not like that. This is a gracious man. A gracious man. And it's not like, oh, hey guys, well, if you pass by again, let me know, you can stop in for a while. No, he's just imploring them, please come in. Please, let us get you something. Let us wash your feet. This was the custom of the day to a guest. Let us wash your feet. Then he says, let me get a piece of bread, just a piece of bread, for you to refresh yourselves. And then once you've done this, then you can go on. And they say, okay, you can do it. Now remember what he said. Just a piece of bread. But he outdid what he said he was going to do. What he said is just a piece of bread. In verse 6, so Abraham hurried. Here's this hundred-year-old guy. Hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, prepare three measures of fine flour. Knead it and make bread cakes. This isn't some leftover bread. He's telling his wife, just make these bread cakes. Really nice hot ones. Just make it. These are, these are guests. So Abraham, in, in verse 7, Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant and he hurried to prepare it. And he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and placed it before them and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. Here's Abraham standing there with a little towel in his hand. Letting these guys sit there and eat. You talk about hospitality. And this is an important guy. He's not sitting there saying, you know how important I am? You know the promises God has given to me? He's not doing that. He's just humbly serving these guests. Abraham's an important man. But he's giving them the place where he should be sitting. And he's serving them. And, and you know, there's, he makes bread, so this is not a gluten-free thing. And he's got a calf and curds and milk, so he's, it's not a vegan diet. I mean, he gives them something really good. There's, there's some real food here. And it says, and, and they were under the tree as they ate. Now, let me tell you. Uh, um, all right, well, let, let's read this next portion. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, There in the tent. And he said, I will surely return to you at this time next year. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door, which, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. And Sarah was past childbearing. Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I've become old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I indeed bear a child when I am so old? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? At the appointed time I will return to you, 
at this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. Sarah denied it, however, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. So, my grandmother used to have a saying, and my mother used to say the same thing. And, and so, when we were young and we would come in just ravenous, I just, and I see this with my own son. Ben will come in and he's just, he says, I'm starving. I just, just, he just has to eat something. And I'm, oh, you haven't eaten for a whole four hours. My goodness, you are, you're just so malnourished. And he's just, has to get some food in him. So my mother used to say, as soon as we'd all eat and we're sitting around and we're talking, she says, now that your bellies are full, now you're talking big. My grandmother used to say the same thing. And mothers know this, that that young guys will come in all hungry and after they've eaten, then they sit around and they start talking. So these three men, they've eaten. And now they're relaxed. And one of these men says, where's Sarah, your wife? Abraham says, she's in the tent, and she's listening, you know, because tents are thin, and she hears this conversation. And the one guy says, when I come next year, she's going to have a son. She's going to bear a child. He, He says, surely I will return to you at this time next year, and behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, this is kind of laughable, really. If you've ever gone hunting, what happens after the hunt and you've, these guys have gotten together and they've cooked this meal and they're sitting around the fire at night, then they start to talk. And there's all this big talk. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> I saw a monster deer once. And you know, these conversations start, do you know what I'm saying? And they just, this is what's happening. These guys, their bellies are full. And one guy happens to say, well, your wife's going to have a, have a son when I come back here next year. Now, Sarah at this time was probably like 90 years old. How the man knew her name, I don't know. But probably Sarah's thinking, they probably think Abraham has a bunch of really young wives. Because it can't be Sarah that's going to bear this child. And men talk, and nobody knows men and their conversations better than old women. Old women really understand men and really understand their weaknesses and their, their boastfulness and, and just the way they are. And there's these three men and Sarah's, you know, yeah, right, you know, I've heard this sort of thing before. These men are now fed and they're eating. And they're fed and now they're talking. <clears throat> she says, how could I ever have a baby? But it says she laughed. It says she laughed to herself. It wasn't a, you know, out loud. It was just to herself. But here is a man who is reading her thoughts, who knows what she's thinking. Now, sometimes we can dump on Sarah thinking that, you know, how, how, how little faith did she have. But if you keep your finger there, or I could just turn there. If you go back to, to, to uh, but in, in Hebrews chapter 11, it mentions her. It mentions her in the passage of the great people of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it says in verse 11, Hebrews 11, 11, by faith even Sarah herself received ability to conceive, even beyond the proper time of life, since, since she considered him faithful who had promised. So it praises Sarah. You know, we may dump on Sarah, oh, she laughed, oh, how, how could she have so little faith? I mean, come on, look from her perspective. And in the New Testament, they don't judge her. They look at her as a woman of great faith. 
They document her. Wouldn't you like to have, you know, be recorded in, the, in, in Hebrews chapter 11? I mean, that's the chapter to be recorded in. There's other chapters you don't want to be recorded in, but that chapter is the chapter to be recorded in. <clears throat> so she was a great lady. And it says of her, it, 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 but you look what they got. Abraham showed them hospitality, and Abraham got a son. At a hundred years old, he gets a son. You think there's not blessing for showing hospitality? When these men of God come into our home, Shireen will always hand them a Bible and say, teach us something. Before you leave, teach us something and pray for our family. I mean, very directly. The man of God opens the Bible and shares a passage and, and then teaches us, leaves us with a little teaching and proclaims blessing on our home, blessing upon our children. This is very scriptural. We are commanded to be hospitable. You are commanded to be hospitable. Whether you have the gift of hospitality or not, there's some people that have the gift of hospitality. We're not all commanded to have the gift because the gift doesn't come in that way. The gift is something given by God. My wife has the gift of hospitality. We are not all commanded to cook for 50 people a week. Guests, we're not, but we are commanded to be hospitable. We are commanded to do this. Abraham was hospitable to three strangers coming through. He recognized there was something here. And they blessed him and he got a son out of this. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. They give you a meal, you get a son. That's a good deal. I'll take that deal any day. That's a wonderful blessing. And then look, Abraham doesn't say, okay guys, thanks for coming, see ya. And walk in the tent. Look at what Abraham does. Verse 16. Then the men rose up from there and looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham was walking with them to send them off. He didn't just say, ta-ta. He's walking for some distance with them to send them off. This is hospitality. Shireen has taught me when we have guests over for dinner, when they leave, we don't just send them out the door. We go out the door with them. And we stand by the door and just watch them make sure they get to their car safely and wave to them. She will always say, stand right here. Just stay here until they drive away. She has taught me this. This is good. I need to learn this. This is what she will do. She is a woman of hospitality. This is what Abraham did. He sent them on their way. And in fact, in sending them on their way, there was extra blessing. Because he was doing this, look at the conversation that came up. The Lord said, shall I hide, in verse 17, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and a mighty nation, and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him so that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice so the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. Let me just stop there for a minute and just say, if you are ever going to be the leader of a household, take, take note of this. It says, for I have chosen him that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the ways of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. It is up to the leader of the household to make sure that there is instruction in that household. 
in fearing God and keeping His commandments, in doing what is right, so that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what He has spoken about him. You want to call down blessings in your life? It is up to the leader in that home to bring down blessings on that home by teaching the children, by teaching those in the home the things of God. It is not a passive thing. We must take an active role. And I see men, wimpy men, all the time who say, well, you know, my, my wife does all that. So I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. You say, well, you, you know, she, she's, she's really the one who, who does all this, who teaches the kids. She's much better at it. I'm not impressed. And I say to these men, you do it. You do it. You pick up the Word of God and study it and teach your children. You do it. You be a blessing. Now, if there's a single mom and there is no man in the home to do this, fine. God will give her great grace. But this does not give an excuse to a man to be passive, just because his wife will fill the role when necessary. No, be a man and pick it up and do what you've been called to do. Bring down righteousness and justice into your home by teaching this to your family. Do this. It is your job to wake up these children in the morning, to instruct them, to lead the family devotion time. This is your job. Make it your job. Make it something that you plan on doing, that you learn the Word of God and do this. And then, and the, the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is indeed great, and their sin is exceedingly grave, and I will go down and I will see if what they have done entirely is... it. I will see if they have done entirely according to its outcry, which has come to me, and if not, I will know it. So the Lord speaks to Abraham and starts revealing to him what he's about to do. Isn't that interesting? To the one who is a hospitable, to the one who welcomes others, the Lord says, I can't but help speak to that individual. I can't help but share with that individual what's on my heart. This is what the Lord does. You have fellowship with God and you be hospitable and the Lord gives you more. He gives you more. He speaks to you as He would not speak to anyone else. You will become His friend. How is Abraham described by the Scriptures? As the friend of God. Abraham was the friend of God, the Scriptures call him. God Himself proclaims this in the Scriptures, that Abraham was the friend of God. When Jesus said, if you give to one of these in the name of a disciple even a cup of cool water, you will not lose your reward. If you give to a prophet in the name of a prophet, you will receive a prophet's reward. If you give to a righteous man in the name of him being a righteous man, you will receive a righteous man's reward. There is a great blessing here. If you do this in your life, if you learn to be hospitable, you will cause down blessing in your life. And I pray that when you are my age, you can look back and you can say of your own life, I don't know anyone as blessed as I am. And I can sincerely say that. I don't know anyone who's, who has been just given the talents that I have been given who's been given the blessings that I have been given, the treasure of the wife, the treasure of the spouse that I have been given. I don't know anyone who has this. And I can truly stand before you and say this. And I pray 
that you would be able to say the same thing in your life. This is a real blessing. I would not like to trade places with any other man on earth because I have what I have, I think, is better. The talents and the blessings that He has given me. When you give to others, you will receive back. Many times over, the principle of sowing and reaping comes in here. You give a glass of cool water, you will receive many times over. You bless a stranger, you will receive many times back. I have seen it. I've gone to other countries. I've been in a real fix. And I will call upon the Lord and say, Lord, as I have blessed others when they've come to my land, so protect me here. And boom, something will come. A person will walk up to me and just help me. Just like that, they will help me. We pray the same upon our children when they travel, when they go. Lord, as we have given to others who have traveled here, Lord, remember our children when they travel. And the doors that open for them the doors that open for them again and again and again. You ever heard of Ricky Skaggs? Sort of Ricky Skaggs. Ricky Skaggs has won just a ton of of awards for music. He's really, really a big musician. The day before my daughter left for Nashville, I met Ricky Skaggs at a prayer meeting. I said, where do you live? I'd never heard of Ricky Skaggs. Famous, famous guy. Five Emmys or something. You look him up on Wikipedia. He says, he says, oh, I play music. I said, oh, so where do you live? He says, Nashville. I said, oh, my daughter's going to Nashville. He says, I will be like a father to her. My daughter went to Nashville. Uh, I had to leave after a day. He took Shireen and my daughter and my daughter's roommate, this other girl, took them out to the nicest restaurant in Nashville, he and his wife, and became like a father to them, has had them to his home, invited them out to Opera Land, which is this amazing place, and brought them up on stage, she and her, my daughter and her roommate. I mean, he has become like a father to them. Who would get this? Who would get this? But if I become like a father to other people's children, look what God does for my children. This is a blessing. It is specific. You show hospitality and you call down blessing in your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your blessing and for your grace. You have been so good to us. Father, I pray for these young people that you would so touch their hearts that they would commit to be hospitable in life. That they would invite people into their rooms just to share something with them. Candy chocolate, and to be hospitable, to obey the scriptures which has commanded them to be hospitable. Father, that they would learn hospitality, that they would learn what it is to give to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, even a cup of cool water. Father, that they may receive a prophet's reward, a righteous man's reward, a disciple's reward, that they may learn to call that upon their homes. Father, I pray for your blessing in their lives that they would learn to obey your word. In the name of Jesus, amen.